Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Nipur. This week, Nick and I are rocking with the Sam Houston. So sit back, grab a drink, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Neat Poor Podcast. I am Nick. Shalanda is here. Hey. Uh, what do you know about uh, the Sam Houston, Shalanda? I don't know who he is or where he came from. So how about you drop the knowledge for the people? Uh, Sam Houston. Well, Houston, Texas is named after Sam Houston. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the Sam Houston 14-year Kentucky Straight Bourbon is what we're drinking today. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the bottle, he's a patriot, a statesman, and a brave soldier. And I think he was the president of the Republic of Texas at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason uh, we came across this bottle, well, first of all, it's 98 proof and 14 years old, which kind of makes it the oldest bottle on the bar. Yeah. Eagle Rare is 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old is the old Fitz? Uh, oh, that's 13. This is a 14-year-old bottle. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, these folks, Sam Houston, Sam Houston Bourbon Whiskey is produced by the Three Springs Bottling Company. Um, so you know them for Calumet Farms. It's a bottle we see all the time at the store. Right. I've never had it. Uh, they're a non-distilling producer. Mm-hmm. So It's sourced. So this juice comes from another distillery because they do not distill. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, 74 corn, 18 rye, 8 malted barley. A lot of people think because it's distilled in Bar- in Bardstown and it's got that particular mash bill that it's probably Barton. Okay. Right. Uh, Barton is a 1792. And this bottle is for a particular state? This is for Illinois, right? Yeah. So, the way they bottled this off is pretty cool. Because there's blends for every state that they distribute to. And there's like 10 states. I know uh, like Tennessee and California and Illinois is one. Uh, this is uh, three barrels that were made for Illinois. So that's pretty cool. Uh, char, level, char level four mm. on this one. Okay. So I think uh, what we wanted to do was, uh, since it's allegedly Barstown, or since this is allegedly Barton, we, we pulled out foolproof and bottled and bond from 1792. Yes, yeah, so which we're going to dive into. Um, wait, but first, do we have any bourbon news? I don't know. Do we? I don't. Oh, I thought you brought it up because you had some. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I normally keep, this is usually my segue to kick it off to you. Got you, got you. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, I did watch. It's not really news. Um, I've been listening to the uh, Heaven Hill podcast. It's called Tales from the Hill. Right. Um, I'd recommend that for anybody. Right. Heaven Hill's the uh, what the number the number two volume wise number two distillery in the country behind Jim Beam and Jim Beam sold to Centauri. So Heaven Hill's actually the largest family owned distillery in the in the country. It talks about it talks about everything Heaven Hill. So. I'd advise everybody to check that out. Um, what else? 
Oh, I've been watching um, some University of Kentucky oral history about bourbon. I've been watching that. And uh, I some some pretty interesting is broken out into like three minute videos right on YouTube. Um, one video in particular, they talked to uh, a couple of guys. One is the old uh, distiller, master distiller from Four Roses. And they talk about they have a really good talk about age and whiskey and how age statements don't really tell the whole story about flavor. So like you remember we went to Puerto Rico and we bought that, um, you know, they talked us into buying whatever the most expensive rum was. Yeah, $150 <laughs> bottle <of> rum. <laughs> right. And I think his argument was, you know, it's warmer months, so it interacts with oak, so it ages faster because it's in Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason why age statements are so prevalent in the whiskey space is because of scotch. Scotch can't wait to tell you how, you know, this shit's 40 years old, it's 30 years old, right? They're big on age statements, you know, McAllen, McAllen 18, right? McAllen 25, right? Oh, but these uh, the bourbon guys are trying to explain that if you look at a map and you look at uh, New York and you go over to the old world, New York City is kind of parallel to Rome, mm-hmm. right? So this is where proper wine growing regions, right? And Scotland is so far north of that and it's near the North Pole. So if you're in these cold climates all year long, you're not going to interact with the wood at all. So you have to sit on a product for 18 years, for 35 years. You have to sit on a product before for the mature. But when you're dealing with places like Kentucky in the middle of the country where the weather's always changing, well, shit, in the Rick House, it can be 120 up at, on the seventh floor. And then at night, that Rick House could drop to 50 degrees, you know, in the summertime, right? These fluctuations in temperatures in, is what's creating these flavors. And it's not necessarily age-specific. Age doesn't tell the story of taste. And I think that's the takeaway I got from one of those. So that was interesting. That was interesting to me. So, uh, But no, ain't no news to answer your question. That was my two-minute uh, answer. His two-minute answer of <laughs> there is no news. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but, you know, hearing about that kind of makes sense. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. Me and my buddy Andy... We got, I got a sample of 18 year, I want to say it was Blade and Bow. This is before I really got into whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this shit was, this shit was kind of trash. It was all oak, you know, all oak. 18 plus years on a lot of these whiskeys is usually oak forward. And, um, shit, when Goose Island did Bourbon County Rare for the second time in 2015, mm-hmm. with those Heaven Hill barrels, Heaven Hill had misplaced those barrels. Mm-hmm. So they happened to be. 20 year old barrels but the the liquid in them wasn't really gonna go in a bottle it was too bitter you know but it was perfect for bourbon I mean for for bourbon county stout so yeah but yeah man let's get into uh, this foolproof man this is my jam this is probably my favorite of the quarantine if I'm picking one bourbon of the quarantine as my favorite it's the fucking foolproof 1792 okay wait that's the one that's in this glass of me right yeah okay and uh your your Sam Houston's in your uh, in your whatever you call that baby cup glass of yours. <laughs> the baby cup glass. Yeah. It is the neat glass. And it's in your neat glass. Thank yeah. you. Baby cup glass. Yeah. <laughs> so um the foolproof. No, this is the foolproof. Yeah. He's over here dancing, you guys. Yeah. That's, That's like, my it's tingling his soul. You know, 
Um, everybody in the house complained. They had the windows up, and it was the fifty-seven. Oh my degrees. god! You had every window in the house up, so yeah, we were freezing. But that flavor right there just reminds me of the, the summer, all summer, where I enjoyed this at night. You know, it's giving me crisp fall vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the if as I was telling you earlier, the foolproof compared to that of the bottle and bond, um, the foolproof is definitely more spicier. The bottle and bond has sweeter notes. Um, the foolproof has a longer linger with that spice. And I'm getting ready to compare it to the Sam Houston. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, richer, those rich, round caramel flavors is what I like about this. And, you know, when there's too much rye in a product, you can kind of get those flavors like mint and tea but when there's just enough rye, like there is in this uh, 1492 foolproof, it just kind of gets a little peppery on the tongue and then it just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. It kind of prevents the whole project from being just like an overly sweet uh, beverage, alcoholic beverage, right? Right. It, it's not a sweet. It's not just a one tone sweet. I don't want it to be too sweet. I want some heat. I want some spice. So this got just enough spice for me. That's why I dig it. So how would you compare it to that to the Sam Houston? That's a good question, man. We're gonna dive into the Sam Houston right now. Let's get it right. Um, yeah, that 1492. I think foolproof. Where's 1492? Uh, that's when uh, when Columbus allegedly discovered America, even though those people are already here. <laughs> but 1792. 1792 is when I think Kentucky was became a Commonwealth. I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, but foolproof is not barrel strength. Foolproof is. Uh, proof down to what it came out the barrel as where barrel strength is like whatever it came out the barrel as and it's bottled so mm-hmm. yeah so this is brought back down to foolproof alright let's see here so how you, for, how you doing over there you alright yeah I'm hanging in there okay cool um the Sam Houston is giving me the Bottle and bond vibes with a mixture of the seventeen but ninety two full uh foolproof. It has a little bit of spice, but it also has that balance of sweetness. But it definitely tastes like a barton. You know, it's definitely people because you won't know who's actually distilling it, but it's it's you definitely get that barton vibe. Well, they taste um. Well, they sign contracts. All these yeah. NDPs. Yeah. They sign. They sign contracts to not tell you who's actually producing it. I tell you, so this is 98 proof. And, what it, you know, it's got a nice smoky. I got I get smokiness on the nose. I get, I, get, I get the smokiness in the smell, in the nose. Yeah, smokiness. I get smoke and I get a little bit of cherry mm. on the nose in this one compared to the... Um, the deep, rich kind of toasted caramels of the foolproof. I mean, come on now. Of course, you know, it's only two distilleries in Bardstown. So it's like process of elimination. Yeah, there might be there might be Bardstown distilling too. Mm-hmm. There might be three. But yeah, for sure. Heaven Hill, Barton, and Bardstown. Forget about Bardstown. Right. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, the fact that it's proofed down is actually giving it like a really fun... S- smoky uh, caramel is a word that's overused but like like almost like buttery toast with honey and smoke and cherry it's kind of all playing together 
on this, where the foolproof is is over the top with kind of the sweet, ripe uh, fruit flavors. The, you know, the bottle and bond tastes like it can be a cocktail already because of okay. the sweetness. Okay. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's already like a old-fashioned, already made up in a bottle. What do you think? Um, I had a little bit of uh, the ball and bond, and I was out. After I got a hold of that foolproof, I just, I was out on the ball and bond. But when I had it on its own, I was a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but today, it was a little, it was a little thin, a little astringent for me today. Right. Different experience from when I first had it. I think. I'm- over time, you know, with the air hitting it, it definitely has played, you know, a role in it. I still enjoy the bottle and bond. I enjoy the sweetness of it, but then also, and I've been hitting that foolproof pretty hard, you know, because it's like God. So. Uh, that foolproof is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I would, I would have to say, but you know what? We should have the small batch right now um, to compare really all three. But if I had to pick between the the products that I've had of seventeen ninety two, I would definitely say that the foolproof is my favorite. But if I had to pick between the Sam Houston, Sam Houston is really good. I'm really enjoying this. I'm enjoying this smoke. I'm enjoying the the sweetness, the cherry vibes. Um, is it worth the price point? It kind of puckers up a little bit too. It kind of dries out at, yeah. the, at the end there. Yeah. Um, I think retail for this was one fourteen. Um, so, so for me personally, I think I'd prefer something a little higher proof, so that I can hit that elusive chocolate cocoa powder note. You're looking that, for that Baker's chocolate that taste. I get. I'm looking for that Baker's chocolate. Whenever I hear fourteen years, I'm looking for that Baker's chocolate. But this is proof to ninety eight, so you're probably not going to get it. But so for me, I enjoy the flavors. The fact that it's a lighter proof allows for the uh, for the char, that big heavy char, to play very well with these other flavors. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Um, I'd still prefer a little higher proof on this one, but overall, I really like it. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I think it was a good pickup. Yeah, and it, it takes us away from, you know, we got a lot of Buffalo Trace products on the bar. Right, so it yeah. takes us it takes us away from that conversation. It does, and it gives us a chance to explore some of these other ones. And tell me, whoever's listening, tell me what you guys think because when I hear non-distilling producer, you know, some of them they get these barrels and do they age them again in their own fucking barrels or like this isn't a finished in whiskey. It's not finished in wine or nothing. But I'm not exactly sure to be honest with you. I'm not sure either. So I'd like to hear more about that. But the cops are coming, so Shalanda, we better wrap this up, man. What did you do now, Nick? What <laughs> hey, the hell, man? Hey, pack this shit up. We're leaving. It's time. It's over. It's done. Oh, I'm glad to know you won't leave me behind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we're on the lam, so we got to pull up out of here. Uh, Shalanda, where can they find us? Oh, on all the socials at The Need Poor. And also check out the website, thenipoor.com. All right. Until next time, guys. Until next time. Cheers.